You're listening to People in Profit, a podcast that focuses on elevating humanity through business, sponsored by Conscious Capitalism Arizona. And now, let's hear from our hosts, Jeremy and Sarah. Well, hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the People and Profit podcast brought to you by Conscious Capitalism Arizona. We're your hosts, Sarah McCarran, I can't even say my own name, and uh, Kendra Maples. And we're very excited to be talking today to Ash Hackmeister and Noah Barrasso about how they're elevating humanity through business and their organizations, Benefit and Kaiser. But before we dive into the conversation, we want to share just a minute about conscious capitalism. Free enterprise capitalism has served to lift more people out of poverty than any other socioeconomic system ever conceived, empowering social cooperation, human progress, and elevating humanity. Good business is the answer to many of the global issues facing humankind, and that is what we're going to dive into on this show. Conscious capitalism is a global movement with over 50 chapters across the world that is on a mission to recapture the truth about good business and that it is all about uh, doing good for your stakeholders and creating higher purpose for your organization, a purpose that will benefit everyone. Our Arizona chapter is focused on uh, highlighting the amazing businesses and leaders in our state who are pursuing higher purpose and consciously creating value for all. If you want to find out more about Conscious Capitalism and the Arizona chapter, visit ccarizona.org. So on that note, let's jump into our conversation. Kendra, tell us more about our guests. Yeah. Hello, Sarah. I'm excited to have these guys on today. So as you mentioned, we have Ash Hackmeister, the CEO of Benefit, and we have Noah Barrasso, the founding member of Kaiser. Benefit is reimagining the workplace. They deliver new ways for high-growth companies to win talent and elevate human potential. By bringing clarity, creativity, and strategy to organizations, they help leaders make the sense of the confusion and overwhelm that comes with traditional approaches in benefits planning. With a focus on the needs of tenants, Kaiser specializes in helping companies leverage their real estate buying power to secure incentives and attract today's workforce all while reducing the cost and the risk in the commercial real estate realm. So um, I'm really excited to have you guys on because your your companies and the conversations are definitely going to blend and, you know, kind of, uh, kind of support each other with what you guys do. What we want to do is actually start with you guys just telling a little bit. I mean, I read a little blurb, but I want to hear from you guys. You know, we want to hear really what are you doing and, and what's your company about. So, Ash, I'm going to start with you just because you're sitting next to me. All right. Thanks, Kendra. Well, we started uh, Benefit about five years ago. You know, I, I kind of grew up through the payroll industry, grew up through the benefits industry. And I think uh, in the, the world that we live in right now with, with insurance or benefits, you hate it. I hate it. Companies hate it. Employee <laughs> hates it. Everyone hates it. And, you know, it's, we're on this runaway train right now. So for us, we wanted to start at a foundation with benefits, but it's just a foundation for companies. So many companies, they still just have this commoditized approach with insurance or benefits. So you've got this purpose-driven company, great culture, employees love working for the organization. And then on day one, it's here's your insurance stuff, go sign up. Mm-hmm. So one of the our, our big... Uh, things that we try to work on with our clients is helping them tell their story. Benefits is a part of that story, and we want to weave it into their story. Um, What are all the perks? Why do people want to work here? What is your purpose? What is your mission? And we view 
where we see a lot of companies, they don't do a very good job of telling their story. Uh, so that's kind of the first the first thing that we work on is is helping companies tell tell their story. Benefits being a part of that. Um, the second thing is really helping organizations and employees become more knowledgeable and take control of their healthcare. Everyone thinks that they don't have control. We're just going to get another ten percent increase. No, you can take control, and it really starts at a a very granular grassroots level. And we like to simplify things. So at a very complex industry. Uh, simplification goes a long way for the the clients that we represent and those employees where the light bulb comes on and say, you know what, why do I think I need to be on this $500 deductible plan and I'm throwing money away when I go to the doctor three times a year? So simplification is, is another big area that we focus on in the communication and the education strategies. We also take a very proactive approach with technology, ADPs, the paycoms, the paylocities, uh, utilizing solutions like that to to create automation across the board. And then the last thing is well-being. And we've got a unique approach with well-being. Um, you know, years ago, wellness or well-being was this kind of this buzzword and we're going to grab a, you know, Fitbits for everyone and we're going to go run around <laughs> the block. Okay, well, then it kind of came to almost a stick where if you smoke, we're going to penalize you. And if you don't have the correct BMI, we're going to penalize you. And it came full circle and people were like, you know, kind of get out of my health, you know, support me and, and support my efforts. And so our approach is working with our clients to throw out lots of carrots for those employees, because we understand that Kendra and Ash, maybe we're both trying to lose weight, or maybe we view well-being as going camping during the weekend. Everybody is at a different point of that well-being journey. So we want to throw out lots of carrots and have those employees grab the carrots that are meaningful to them to develop their own path for improvement moving forward. So it's the benefits, it's the well-being, it's the technology, and then how do we really create alignment across the organization? So whether you're a new hire, you're exiting the company, you're going to open enrollment, you're logging onto a, a, a payroll or HRIS system, we want to try to create an alignment and a consistent branded message across the board. That's a lot. It was a lot. But it's, <laughs> so when it it sounds like through all of that though that a lot of it is just breaking it down into essentially giving the employee options. You know, the healthcare, what they want, the the well-being, you know, support. It sounds like a lot of what you're doing is really just managing options for them. Providing lots of options. We're we're a big believer in choice. Mm-hmm. Um and I, I think the overall thing that we try to do is long-term strategies to help build sustainable programs and get employees in the game. And it's, you know, our industry has been really dictated on relationships. Um, you know, everyone knows a broker, everyone knows a consultant uh, around benefits out there, but it's still treated as a, com- a commodity when you're, in reality, it's the second or third largest line item to an organization. So mm-hmm. we want to develop strategies and you know, we don't want to, we don't want to like push employees to a plan. We want to start nudging and having them take control to build a sustainable program to where employees are in the game mm-hmm. and at an organizational level, what they're doing from a strategy um, and the education, the communication that they're providing to their employees to get in the game becomes part of their DNA. It's mm-hmm. who they are. And then they get off of this runaway train or this death spiral that so many companies are involved in right now. Yeah, absolutely. I can say that I wish I had a company, especially in the in the beginning, right? When you get into a company and a job for the first time, they give you that packet 
you have to like sign your life away, pick what health package, pick what I didn't know what any of that stuff meant in the beginning. And even now I'm, <laughs> you know, figuring it out. So well, we, we kind of make a joke of it, but if I see one more onboarding or benefits guide with a person holding a toothbrush, I'm going <laughs> to lose my mind. Like that's not your story. <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you. Noah, how about you? Tell us a little <laughs> bit about Kaiser and your role yeah, and all that. I just want to say that's the smartest I've heard Ash sound. And, it, <laughs> and that makes me, you know, really applaud ourselves for hiring you and, and your team. But <laughs> Well, Noah still calls me every uh, open enrollment period. What plan should I pick? <laughs> <laughs> but, but kudos to Ash. Kudos to Ash and their team. They do an amazing job. And it's funny, Sarah, I just have to touch on you introducing yourself. COVID's been so long and us working from home. It's being such an extrovert. I was out to dinner with my father and my mother and I kept stuttering on my words and trying to, he's like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, I'm not used to talking to people like I used to. So when you go to introduce yourself, I totally get it. It's, uh, it's something we're all working about. Uh, no, so Kaiser was founded in 2013 by Jonathan Kaiser. And to dumb it down to everyone, we help companies lease and purchase commercial real estate. And it's about the what, why, and the how we do that. So commercial real estate, traditionally, one of the most dog-eat-dog industries, it's all about money. It's all about commission. We're independent contractors. And the more deals you close, the more money you make. Well, because of that, our competitors and other companies, about 70 to 80% of their revenue comes from that landlord listing side. So when they're representing a tenant, there's a huge conflict of interest because the majority of their clients or future clients are those ones that own those buildings, whether it's a tower, a high rise, or a big industrial block of commercial real estate, they're not going to look out for the little guy, which is the tenant. So we exclusively represent the tenants and the tenants only. There's never a conflict of interest. We'll never be going, going behind the scenes and saying, throw me a bone here, throw me some commission there. I will drive my client to your building. The second way and kind of the most important thing is our goal is to change the business world through service and selfless service at that. You know, so many people just go and beat up each other at work. Your biggest competition a lot of the times is people within your own office. And it's just not who we were meant to be as a society. I mean, I was blessed and raised with two amazing families. I was not the guy knocking over doors and, you know, like a rhinoceros trying to make every cent possible. So when I got in the commercial real estate industry, it was all about how many cold calls can you make? How many people can you get in front of? And how quick can we close them and move on to the next one? I got good at that and I didn't like who I became. Fast forward, I met Jonathan Kaiser, who recruited me over at Kaiser, and he enrolled me. And I had, it's so funny when I tell this story now, it ages me because so many people haven't seen Jerry Maguire, but I had my Jerry Maguire moment <laughs> where I said, I'm going to go with this little guy because I believe what he's building and what he's creating. And we can change the world through selfless service and show people you don't have to be, excuse my language, an asshole to win. Mm -hmm. You can serve people. So we're 100% referral. We don't do the cold calling. And we make sure we're not just space shoppers when it comes to commercial real estate. We really look at the human capital side of things and say, who's thriving, especially right now? Like, Who's good at working at home and who's not? Well, who says they are? We actually have data that we can use, data science behind that and say, who's going to succeed at home and who's not? And then flexibility, right? Two years ago, you just signed a big deal. You're kind of in trouble right now. We want to make sure we're helping those people, not just for the base of a commission, but what kind of flexibility can we create within that organization so they can have options for if something like this does happen? And these things do happen. I mean, look at 08, 09, 2010. And now we're kind of seeing it again. And a lot of people are going home and working from the office part-time, but mostly at home. So we're, we're helping people navigate that. But 
we're all about service. We're all about helping each other. We're one giant team. Um, you know, and it's all about planting uh, and farming versus, you know, just going out and shooting and eating what you kill. Our, our goal is to help people. If we can on the real estate side, what else can we help you with? What kind of introductions can we make for you? Uh, I just think people really took, take the personableness out of business and they're one way at work. And when they go home and kiss their spouses and, you know, their siblings at night, whatever that looks like, it's, it's a different world. And we try to marry the two together. So. That's kind of my long-winded voice, but you know, we've been Inc. fastest growing company three years in a row. Jonathan's released a bestseller book. You don't have to be ruthless to win. Um, so people get this; it resonates with people. And you know, kind of like my my partner over here said, it is commoditized, and it's something that's not sexy. It's something people don't want to deal with. And it's kind of okay. Our lease is coming up. Who's going to screw us the least? And and our goal is to change that and put the trust back into them and say, listen, we're here to help you, help your organization. And if we can, we will. You know, Noah, I um, have been in the Kaiser office through a conscious capitalism event. And just recently we had Jonathan Kaiser uh, on one of our, um, I think, conscious business journey events. And but but so anyway, I know a little bit about Kaiser and, you know, the story. But in, in reading the information that you sent to us and also listening to what you said, I've, I've heard two things different that I had never heard about Kaiser before. And one of them, and of course, assuming I, I'm <laughs> interpreting this information correctly, but one of them is, I think I read something about how you're focusing also on the, the use. So when you're, fig- when you're marrying up um, or finding the right place, the right space for, you know, a tenant, someone that you're, you know, representing, you're, you're not just looking at like square footage and, you know, how many bathrooms does it have and and that sort of thing. Uh, You're, you're looking at, you know, who is this company and what sort of space is going to bring that out? And then one other thing you said that kind of goes right along with that is uh, I kind of like, I heard you say in some ways you're, you're, you, you look at that in a way that your clients may not, and then you're able to advise them and bring them to see things that maybe they weren't aware of um, when they, you know, started their their search. So wh- I don't know. Am I close or what? Yeah, what do you no, think no. About that? Yeah. Right on. Right. You hit. You hit the. You hit it right on the head. So we are fortunate to have one of the top experts in the human capital side. Okay, not real estate. You know, like Ash said, second or third largest expense, we're right up there with insurance between two and three. Number one, the people, the employees. Mm-hmm. So why not look at the employees first and foremost and not just go shove them in a cube somewhere, right? So when we start creating an atmosphere, we look at, well, how does so-and-so function? Are you going to put your engineers right next to a bunch of salespeople? That would just, it's like going to a zoo. You wouldn't put a penguin in the lion's den, right? That just doesn't make sense. It's creating an ecosystem for people to thrive. If, if, I mean, I, my, one of my business partners, he is not good at sitting next to me and hearing me talk loud all day. That just doesn't make sense. So if you see that from a standpoint or from a, you know, ahead of time and you actually create a space where, you know, you either have parts where you can collaborate. You have places where people can focus, put their heads down. If you put marketing in front of a bunch of salespeople that come and tap them on their shoulder all the time. And I think I read somewhere, I think 45 minutes of uninterrupted work is better than two hours of interrupted work, right? If people are just constantly tapping on you and say, hey, I need this, I need that to get back in the groove um, is much, much harder to do. So 
you know, we say we're not space finders, as in if someone just says, hey, we need 10,000, 20,000 square feet in Tempe, what, what do you have for us? That's not what we do. We take a step back and say, let's talk to you. Let's create a team within your organization. Usually someone who represents the employees. The employees like to feel a part of it. It's a part of a culture that they help on the decision making. Obviously, the finance person, whether it's a CFO or the CEO, and we start creating a team and saying, okay, well, what are we looking for? What is your culture? How do we make sure this space reflects what that culture is? How do we make sure that people within that space are thriving from a business standpoint, right? If you had that one person, that bad apple interrupting the people with their head down, that can be very, very detrimental when it comes to business development and business growth. So we take a step back, look at humans first, look at the people first, and then start creating a strategy and a plan around that. To let that company and that, and that space thrive because space can be much more than just a place where people work. It can be a marketing tool. It can be um, you know, so, so many. I'm not going to go down that whole rabbit hole, but so many other things. So it's important, especially in these times right now, when people start going back into the office. Well, what does that space look like? What's your identity now? Are you just going to say, let's just put everyone six feet apart? Is that the best way to do it? Maybe, maybe not. But there are steps necessary to take before you do that. And not every shoe fits, right? It's every company is different. And I think right now, a lot of people are just looking for the Facebooks and the Amazons of the world to be the first ones to jump ship and say, we're going to do it this way and we'll all follow. <laughs> Ash, I don't know if you guys have seen that from the insurance side, but it's, it's you know, it's again, just because you're a tech company, just because you're a warehouse manufacturer company doesn't mean what the big guy or, you know, the big gorilla is doing doesn't mean that's necessarily true for your organization. And Noah, he helped us with our spot. And I think he hit it right on the head. We saw the spot. We're like, this is us. This is what we're about. And I mean, knowing not only the clients that we work with, but the talent that we're trying to attack and like our space, it speaks for itself. It recruits talent. Like, and that's big for us because we've got a very small, but tight knit team. Finding that right person is, is really, really important for us as we continue to grow. Uh, the space is awesome. Speaks for itself, but We've got a very open team, and 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 Kaiser and 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 Noah have gotten to know us even better over the years. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he he kind of thinks like us, and it's like this is it. It was it. Yeah, but both of these companies align together, and you know, Noah, you said it's part of the culture of the company, but I think a lot of companies don't see that as they don't see that physical space as something that's reflective of their culture when it really is. That changes. Mm-hmm. The dynamic of the people and where they're sitting and how, you know, you wrote up an article about WebPT and their space too. Another one of those areas that that influences and supports their company culture. And I feel like a lot of companies don't realize that in the beginning. And then, you know, you bring both of your companies out, you're, you're changing the way that things are happening. You know, you're supporting and, and I'm going to backtrack again. Noah, you mentioned that you know, this is something that people are kind of figuring out and they're joining this idea of being innovative when it comes to commercial real estate, being supportive of the client. But I think it's still something that companies are learning. And Ash, the same thing with you. You guys are changing something that is kind of boring, <laughs> right? And you're you're developing and you're being innovative with your companies. How does that even... Like, you know, we've heard the story about Jonathan Kaiser... But Ash, with you, like, how did this start with you looking at, okay, this is a boring thing that everyone has to go through and everyone has to do, but how can we change and how can we be innovative in this process so that 
you know, Noah, like you said, then it becomes that that rolling thing that other companies join on. Hey, they did it. I'm going to join on too. So Ash, where does where does all of this even begin with that? Yeah, a great question. I, I think it's just been embodied in me for for a long, long time. And it, it started with me because we were talking about earlier coming to school at ASU and I did an internship back in Kansas City and you know I, I was making $15 an hour in my internship, come out here looking for a new internship. I could go run a company. I could, I mean, I, I could run a Fortune 500 company, arrogant 18-year-old. And I was uh, interviewing for other internships. And kind of the, the, the person that I looked up to from a business standpoint was Herb Kelleher, the uh, founder uh, and CEO of, of Southwest Airlines. Built on culture, everyone knows the Southwest Airlines story, built on love. And reading their books, he was just an idol of mine. So I had interviewed out at, uh, for an internship here with Southwest Airlines, and they ended up ex- uh, extending an offer. And I said, well, how much does it pay? And they're like, it doesn't pay anything. And I ended up taking that job and still have lifelong friends from that internship. But I think that's really the catalyst of my approach in payroll and HR and benefits that you're impacting every single employee. And you know, Southwest Airlines kind of credo is you treat your employees right, the rest takes care of itself. You don't have to worry about your customers. You don't have to worry about the vendors. I mean, uh, I think they hit that on the head and got it right. So that's just been something that's always embodied me that it isn't this just throw this insurance or benefits out there. It's like this can impact people's lives. There's a better way in a in an industry that has been very, very archaic, very tough to navigate, very slow moving. There's a lot of boxes and people are in these boxes and I've always been outside the box to try to disrupt. Doesn't mean I'm always right, but that's our role is to go in and change the perception of what people have just been accustomed to for so, so long. And they'll know their employees better than we ever will, but it's our role is to really challenge what's in place, try to develop a path for improvement. And they can say, Ash, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. It's not going to work here, but that's our role. Mm -hmm. We're not just going to come here, place your insurance, see you on the golf course and uh, come back with a 20% increase next year for your renewal. Because it's very, very similar to the commercial real estate places that there are some good people in our industry. There's some bad people in this industry just looking to make a buck. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that's, I guess, to answer your question, it's just been something that's always been a part of me. And, you know, there's, there's a better way. And at the end of the day, it starts with, with employees for all of these organizations. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I, I saw something uh, and I think, Ash, it was something that came from you about changing, you know, the, the cost center related to benefits into like a, a power center. And, and I, I have an accounting background. So you guys have both talked about, you know, the P&L and, you know, what's in the top, you know, three lines of expenses. And you also both mentioned that people, of course, is a, you know, so yes, insurance and benefits and yes, you know, space and, 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 you know, rent, but people kind of coming above that. And then I think also about, you know, the idea of changing from a cost center to a power center and then bringing that into conscious capitalism, which is, is referred to more and more as stakeholder capitalism, or at least that's another, you know, term that people are using, which I actually even heard like 
in like a mainstream, you know, news report the other day, stakeholder capitalism. I was like, oh, that's cool. But in any case, uh, I think those all fit together because again, from accountants perspective, you know, you have, we used to think of things as profit centers and cost centers and the cost centers were all the things that just, you know, you had to suck up, you know, all they did was, you know, reduce the, you got money coming out of a profit center and these cost centers are just reducing your profit. So you're always focused on, you know, minimizing your cost centers. Uh, But now when we look at it, it, you know, business from a stakeholder capitalism perspective, and, and it's, it's uh, not just what's, best for the customers, but we have our internal customers. We have our employees who are just as important as, you know, our other stakeholders, just as important as our clients. Then you say, okay, how the space that they're in, you know, now takes on a whole new meaning and it isn't just a drag and benefits have a whole new meaning. They're not just a drag and a way to reduce your profit. They're actually ways to benefit uh, a very, very important stakeholder group. And of course, when your people are happy, that just, you know, that has a huge outflow or let's just say ripple effect into the overall, you know, success of your company. So I, I just, you know, I just wonder if, you know, either one of you have any comments on that, you know, flip uh, into how the mindset of, of insurance as the cost center or rent as the cost center and, uh, changing that into no, this is a really important thing uh, to benefit your very one of your very important stakeholder groups. Yeah, well, I, I'll start. I, Noah had mentioned uh, with organizations that he represents getting some of their employees involved in the process mm-hmm. to feel like they are helping make this decision. Very similar because it was probably this way in commercial real estate a long time ago. I'm the CEO. We're getting this space and we're moving here. And and I lived on the street. <laughs> and I lived on the street. Very easy. Hence why Midtown Phoenix is Midtown Phoenix. <laughs> New offices in Ahwatukee, right down the street. Uh, <laughs> but it's the same thing in, in benefits that uh, health insurance for so long, decisions were made by the executive team. I want a PPO $250 plan because that's the best plan to be on. Without getting any feedback from employees, you're pushing them out from a cost standpoint. You're providing no choice. Uh, it was because it was dictated on what the CEO or the president wants. And now it's getting in, getting the employees engaged and doing surveys and finding out what's important to them. And it's shifting for a lot of these businesses. Every, health insurance is still a big thing. People have to have it. But it's just the foundational piece that you're protected. Catastrophic event happens. You're covered. Helping them navigate through the system. But there's a lot of other benefits in finding out what is meaningful to employees. We just did a survey for a client out on the East Coast. Giving back to the community was more important than 401k on the survey that we pushed out there. Nice. So things are changing within the workforce. And it's kind of funny. We kind of joke, but we've interviewed a few people lately. It's, it's, it always kind of comes up towards the, the end of the interviews. And they're like, so I had a vacation that was pre-approved by my current employer. It's in September of 2021, and I'm taking Thursday and Friday off. Is that okay? I'm like, what are these companies doing to you people? <laughs> so the, the the workforce is just changing, mm-hmm. and um, people want different things. And so getting their feedback 
uh, is extremely important in providing that feedback to the executive teams. It's there's always going to be a financial piece to it, mm-hmm. um, but for us, it's we've got the benefits. Let's lay out strategies. Let's get employees in game that will help control the bottom line. You know, down the road with people making good decisions and claims are running better. Because at the end of the day, if you have a happy, motivated, inspired, healthy employee coming to work every day, it's going to impact your bottom line Mm -hmm. rather than this is a job, this sucks, and I don't feel empowered, and I've got no autonomy of what's going on here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it definitely supports. I mean, and then it supports the passion that that individual has to continue that hard work and that effort into the company and and their health right right so yeah they're happier at work they definitely are you know healthier as well mm-hmm. any thoughts on that noah i think yeah i love what asha said i think that's why a lot of um some of the companies him and i focus on although we do it all are a lot of the younger emerging growth type companies mm-hmm. who are creating a culture and a culture about their why and why they do what they do and if you don't have that why, I mean, that's what I love about this organization, Conscious Capitalism. That's why we're, we're, we're thrilled to be a part of it. If you don't focus on that and don't give people meaning and a reason, especially with different workforces as they get younger and younger, they're not going to get behind it. And I think the average, pro- I can't remember all the generations now, but I think it was uh, millennials. The average millennial stays at a place for 18 months before they go to the next. So it's, A, how do you keep them involved and excited? And, you know, is that your culture? Is that... Um, what you guys stand for, or is it just pay? And I think as things start shifting, a lot of it, like I said, has to go back to your why and why folks and why organizations are doing what they're doing and are they making an impact? And then kind of to, to go back to, I think it was your original question, Sarah, and this I might shoot myself on the foot here, but with real estate and again, working with young companies, there comes a time and a place to get that big, sexy space that is your marketing point, right? I think a lot of people look at the flashiness of others and say, if they have that, we need that. Otherwise, we're failing. And as a broker, instead of trying to go push them in a space to collect a commission, we say, take a step back, focus on your people and your business, grow that, invest in that. Don't waste money on your real estate right now and you don't need to. Mm-hmm. And then there's going to come a time and a place you're going to know that and we'll help you get there and we'll put strategies or goals or benchmarks, whatever that looks like to get there. But I think some of those times, I mean, look at that. I mean, look at Kaiser. We're, we're, it was so much fun working, you know, five of us in the back of an architectural building. You know, that's when you created the company. That's when it was fun. And that's how you get the core. And I think companies need cores um, who build up their business. And then you start recruiting from that standpoint. And I think, you know, that's the heart and soul of an organization. And if people don't have that, it's really tough to thrive, you know, going on the commercial estate. I don't want to speak on behalf of Ash's um, industry, but it's all about knowing when and where and how to do it. Um, And not just rushing the gun and saying, because so-and-so did it, I have to now go max out all our savings, all our investors, money they've invested in us to go get this big, sexy space because I need to recruit, retain, yada, yada. There's a time and a place and and there's many strategies we can help implement for that, but we do not rush folks and organizations to go get in those spaces until the time comes. See, and there you go again, just focusing on that advisory role, you know, recognizing that, you know, where 
um, experts in in space and mm-hmm. understanding how it fits a company. And then I really, really like um, how you, you know, you're thinking about the future for your benefit and for your client's benefit, right? So if you help them strategize, you know, I, you know, we want to see you in the big sexy place too. Uh, but for your business, when is the right time? What are the strategies? What are the benchmarks? I think I even specifically heard you say. And so, you know, it helps give them, you know, some sort of, you know, context or guidelines with all the experience that you have, but then it also keeps you all, you know, connected so that, you know, when they're ready to make that next step, of course, they're, you know, they're going to come, they're going to come to you. Um, how so, does you know, that real quick, Sarah, yeah. how does that Noah and, and Ash for you too, how does that look and feel when you really are in two different industries that are, they're out to make a buck. Like you said, it's, it's about the money. It's about, let's make a buck. Let's, it's not necessarily about the person on the end. And Noah, now you're saying with you guys, with Kaiser, you're actually telling people, Hey, if you're not ready to do this, you know, it doesn't have to be right now. We can wait. We can do this later. You really do have it for their benefit and you have their back in this. How does that look? I mean, obviously it, you align with conscious capitalism. You're, you're in it for the people and the tenants and all of this. But at the end of the day, right, it, part of this is profit too. How does that look and feel with your industries and maybe some of your competitors? Like, how do they look at you guys? And and maybe in the beginning, right, with having Jonathan come up with this idea, people are like, what is this yeah, schmuck doing? No, it's um, <laughs> patience A. Yeah. That's, if you're joining Kaiser or if you're doing things the right way, as I think most of us do within this group, it's a long-term investment. Mm -hmm. Most of my clients today, I've met five plus years ago and they were working with other brokers five plus years ago. It's serve, serve, serve. Okay. You just signed the lease. Oh, you're out marketing. You're touring with someone else. What else can we be doing to help you? Oh, you're looking for CFO. Weird. We're an FEI. We know a bunch of CFOs in transition. Oh, we just helped that CFO transition and get that job. Serve, serve, serve. Where else you can serve? Mm-hmm. It's that giving you shall receive mentality, right? It's it's something that's the most fulfilling thing. So there's science behind it. And you can go to bed at night knowing you're doing well. And it's it helps you avoid cycles, right? If I cold call, cold call, cold call, you know, every blind squirrel finds a nut that's saying, right? I might've made that deal that helps my year. Well, when next year I got to start all over again and I probably screwed the other person over so they don't want to work with me again. So then I got to find someone else Mm -hmm. versus again, going back to that farming versus hunting, planting all those seeds. There's nothing I love more when someone says, no, no is bugging me. I don't need a broker, blah, blah, blah. And then I continue to serve them. And then they lose that job. And guess who the first person it is that they call? That's usually me. And then I go help them find a job. And it's you can't take it self or you can't take it personally when someone says no. Traditional brokers are not all. Again, like Ash, I have many dear friends in the industry that are in competing uh, brokerage shops. We just do things different. It's tough to say, well, we're just going to keep working with you. We're not going to say, screw you because you didn't hire us. But if you look at it dr- truly as how can I just genuinely serve this person? That's when it's really the cool time to show and shine. And I think that's what uh, what we do that separates us. It, it's it's serving after no. You know what I mean? It's 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 mm-hmm. tough to do. Doesn't pay the bills today, but in the long term. And if it does in the long term, that's okay, right? Because maybe their VP of finance goes in and starts their own company, and they remember me from serving. 
or it just helps me feel better because I helped someone without anything coming back to me. So, and yes, there's the capitalism part of conscious capitalism. We want to make as much money as we can, but we want to do it by helping people grow and become the best businesses they can and doing it, finding the right space, making sure we negotiate the best terms available, creating crazy, weird strategies that help them get to those numbers that other people aren't able to. Just because 20 or 30 you know, people down the street got market rates and got screwed because someone told them that's what market is, doesn't mean that we're going to go off of market and we're going to be, be sure we create the leverage necessary to get them below market. So it's uh, it all comes back around. And I, I think at the end of the day, it's just who we are as a company. And there's been people that haven't stayed at Kaiser and they weren't the right fits and that's okay. And we hope them the best too. And you know, there's some organizations we don't work with anymore because there might have been a huge chunk of cash for a commission, but we just didn't align right. And, and that's okay too. So, you know, we're picky about who we hire or who we allow to hire us just as much as people are picky about who they, they use for whether it's insurance or a commercial brokerage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and the, the service is independent, right? So the business relationship and the, the desire to serve are separate. <laughs> So that's uh, instead of where they're usually pretty tightly connected. So I, th- I think that is one thing, you know, that I, you know, I've heard that from Jonathan Kaiser as well. Serve, 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 serve. And you just don't, you just don't hear that. You hear a lot about, you know, customer service and, you know, loving your customers, but just, you know, serving with the, the faith that, not that I mean I don't even think even that it will come back to you, but just that that's the right thing and everything will be okay, mm-hmm. you know. So you know, selfless, as, selfless yeah. service is the most selfish thing you can do to help your business. If that makes sense, being a selfless server is very good for business, and you're doing that for the right reasons. And it's a different approach, though. It's you know back to the original question. It does not happen overnight. It doesn't happen in a year. It doesn't happen in two years. It takes a long time. But once that happens, it's a lot of trusted people that, I mean, Ash, you can probably echo this. People, there is so little loyalty and trust in our industry. Yep. I mean, one second you're working with someone, the next second they're out with someone else. And we don't want those clients. We want people we've gotten to know over the years and those people we build trust with. Because you could, you can spend. We are commission. I don't have a salary, and so you spend a lot of time getting just brought, <laughs> for lack of a better word, by someone who's just kind of using you to get market knowledge for someone else. So uh, it, it goes both ways, and, and we like to work with folks that that you know resonate with who we are and who we are as a as a company. It's very almost identical in our industry as well. It's having that servant mentality and. You know, Noah and I um, have got some really good friends in the community out there, and we hear it all the time. Hey, do you know a CFO? Or I'm looking for this. And, you know, we'll ping each other to try to support these clients, or not even clients, prospects as well, uh, support their efforts wherever we can. And as Noah mentioned, sometimes it happens, and sometimes it might happen down the road, and sometimes it doesn't happen at all. And I'm okay either way. It's very similar stories to Noah that. You know, in our industry, maybe there's a CEO that's best friends with Ash, the broker, and I don't care what value they bring. I'm never changing. Well, that HR director moves on to a new company. And again, like Noah, we get a call. 
because we've established that relationship and, and help support their efforts wherever that we can, even outside of benefits. If they need a, you know, a, a commercial real estate person, uh, Noah Barrasso got a great one. So there you go. Um, so very, very similar. And, and I think that's why, you know, not only is Kaiser a client uh, and Noah's helped our organization, uh, I think it's why Noah and I've been so like-minded mm-hmm. is that we're always out there trying to help, help people. Yeah, I'll ask- your award-winning brew. And the award-winning brew? Yeah. What's that? And then I, I want to ask this question. What's that? <laughs> no, we only have 15 minutes left. <laughs> Gosh, if we had to start all over, that's all you'd want to talk about as your, your, your world-renowned brewing techniques. Ooh. He makes really good beer. We could do another podcast on this. Don't worry. We'll yeah. follow up. <laughs> brewing, up <laughs> brewing up business. There you go. Brewing brewing up, up oh, business. I love it. Ooh, we have a new... Nope. A new okay, well, then idea. maybe we'll... <laughs> get a little bit into that. But the question that I'm just really trying to get uh, to you, Ash, as a business owner myself, uh, you said something probably in your intro about getting employees in the game. And that triggered something in me uh, because, you know, we have the different benefit offerings and, you know, you, you, you know, as an employer and, and you, who cares for their employees and, and, you know, you want to give them the different you know, tools and, and, you know, opportunities to, to have, you know, healthy, happy lifestyles. And yet by getting them in the game, getting them to see the value and the benefits, getting them to take advantage of them is, and from my perspective, a challenge. So when you said getting in the game, is that what you meant? And if so, tell me, tell me more. Yeah. Um, so it, as I mentioned earlier, this is a very, very complex industry, and there's a lot of disruptive ideas and companies that are out there right now. But uh, is there really a light at the end of the tunnel right now? I, I don't know. And that's why I think it's so important to, I guess I'll say, change the perception of what employees maybe were accustomed to, because we're part of the problem, just as the facilities and the hospitals just as the insurance carriers, we're part of the problem too, because we've created a mindset that uh, I, you know, I worked 15 years ago for a very large company. I had a PPO $250 deductible plan, and it was 50 bucks out of my paycheck. My perception was that's the best plan to be on, and the company needs to offer it to me. And there is still, I'll say, a little bit of an entitlistic mindset with people out there that that's what they've been accustomed to. You as a company should offer this super rich plan. It's it's perception. It's what they perceive. Mm-hmm. What is a rich benefit in the world that we live in today? We need to start changing that mindset so we get people into the game. They take control of their health. They're making good decisions. They're, they're empowered. And by doing that, that's impacting the client or the employer as well on how claims are. And, and, and again, it becomes part of your DNA of who, who you are as an organization. Running through scenarios, I'm I'm Ash. I just graduated college, and uh, this is my first time having benefits or insurance. And what does that mean for me? I never go to the doctor. Uh, I'm Ash, and I have a, a family of four, and my kids are at the urgent care every single day playing soccer or baseball. What does that mean to me? Mm-hmm. Let's do some math around it. And I'm Ash, and I have to get a knee replacement surgery, and it doesn't matter what plan I'm on. I'm probably going to hit my out-of-pocket max. It's walking people through different scenarios. And again, like you said, Sarah, tools and resources and tips and tricks, that is the constant in our industry is education and communication. It is the constant. 
utilizing multiple mediums, but putting a little bit of levity into it as well. Um, no one wants to go to an open enrollment meeting. It's like, I, I, no, that's the most boring thing ever. <laughs> hey, let's have some fun with it and let's have some self-deprecating humor and say, Ash, I saw a picture of my dad when he was 20 and I was like, hell no, I'm not losing my hair. I need to take Propecia. <laughs> well, what does that look like? I can utilize this solution and pay a cash rate that's even cheaper than running it through insurance. Okay, I get it. And again, it's a long-term strategy. We've got a, a pretty large aesthetics company here in town that, again, perception. Four years ago, they had a $1,000 PPO plan. That was the plan to be on. It was a rich plan, good benefit, pretty inexpensive. Fast forward four years later, the cost of that plan has went up maybe 25 bucks. We've rolled out other plans, HSA. You know, if I'm a young person, maybe an HSA is important to me. I can sock away pre-tax dollars. For executives that are like, put me on the $250 deductible plan, when they get savvy and they understand it, it's like, why haven't I been on that and doing this from a tax benefit standpoint? Mm-hmm. Fast forward four years later, 225 employees have all migrated to new plans because the light bulb went on. They've become engaged in their health and they're starting to do the right things. And that cost of that plan as it went up. It's changing the perception. And especially in the world that we live in today, where insurance isn't a fun thing and everyone hates it, it's very important to to try to change that perception of what we've been accustomed to for so, so long. Mm-hmm. Hey, and, and to add to Ash, you know, he he jokingly said how I call him every year to figure out what I should sign him back up to. <laughs> we know it's not a joke. <laughs> but, but it's not a joke. And that's the cool thing about Ash is like, and I think that's what a lot of people that are part of conscious capitalism is he'll get right back to me and guide me through the different options I have, like you said, and also like their organization. And I, we pride ourselves doing this too. I mean, I didn't know what half thing Ash just said right now, but he can dumb it down for you. Like it, it's French to other people. It's very scary for young people to figure out what do I do? What do I not do? And if they have parents that have worked for an organization forever, they don't really know either because like Ash said, they just say, Oh, this is what I heard. But now you start having options and stuff. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of times in our industries when it comes to whether it's insurance, taxes, commercial real estate, where it can get really big and scary. And you just say yes, because you don't want to look like the idiot in the room. Mm -hmm. And then you sign up for something. You have no idea what you just signed up for. What I think is really cool about what Ash and people at Kaiser do is we simplify it and make sure to ask and give people the opportunity to say, I don't get what you're saying. Please walk me through this. And it's very easy to get very, very confused. And like he said, people, it's changing and how people, there are different options now and and people need to know all those. And instead of just signing your life away or here, go sign the seven-year deal. I know you're a 24-year entrepreneur that just got a $20 million check from your venture capital firm but you just signed a seven-year deal that I barely even read through. And now you're screwed because COVID hit and you have a personal guarantee on it and all this other stuff. And well, there goes your, you know, your company's probably going to go bankrupt now. That's things that I think good advisors, you know, we are commoditized. And I think that's what separates a good quote unquote broker slash consultant um, from others is making sure people know their options, explain it in a very simple form where people understand what they're, what they're getting involved with. Noah and I both hate the word broker and it's synonymous in our industry. (laughs) We're not brokers. Yeah. Tenant advisor. (laughs) (laughs) But both of you are explaining these things to people in a way that 
they feel comfortable saying that in the first place, right? Now saying, hey, I don't understand what you're saying. Can you explain it? Um, and Ash, you guys are doing the same thing because Noah, you mentioned that that kid that's it's their first job. They just pick a thing because they have no idea what they're doing. I was that. I had no idea. And when I did, I still ask do them, it. Right? I still do it. That's why Ash, right? what, just pick which one. I you know what how you know my lifestyle. Which right? one do I need? There you go. <laughs> but at least being able to ask in a way that you're not like, oh, great, you know, oh, what does this kid want? You know, at least you know that you can say, hey, Ash, <laughs> what do I do? And it's it's and comfortable. It, yeah, it gets scary. I mean, like Ash said, that one person, single, et cetera. My buddy just had a second kid, and the you know that's a whole other freaking world. Like, I don't have I don't I don't have children yet, but to think of that, I mean, there's a lot of different options, and it's yeah. scary. And so, again, people that are there for you and help you, it, it, it goes so far. Because again, to to the average person, it's French. It's speaking French. It's a different language. We don't know what that means. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it's in insurance, it's risk, but it's understanding the risk and understanding the options and the choices. And, and again, perception, but changing the perception, Mm -hmm. doing a little bit of math around it, you know, Mm -hmm. thinking a little bit different than like Noah said, dad, what plan should I get? We'll get the PPO $250 plan because that's what I had at Intel for the last 20 years. (laughs) You know, it's, it's, it's changing and the benefits are changing for what people want. I mean, we see, we see it a lot of times like with, with companies out in San Francisco that are moving here now. Mm-hmm. And we see it every single day. You know, perception benefits, low deductibles, and we're paying 100%. Well, from a co- you mentioned cost center, Sarah. There are so many organizations throwing hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars away because they think that's what they have to do. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, if you have a, a, a 22-year-old person on a plan in California that's going to the doctor two times a year, why are you paying $15,000 a year when, hey, like Noah, I'm uh, taking control of my health and I'd rather you fund an HSA 100% for me so I have something to show for at the end of the year. You're building up a secondary retirement vehicle. You're lowering the cost of the company's annual spend too. It's a yeah. win-win. It's a win-win. So it's, it's again, changing this commoditized mindset that's just been prevalent in our industry for so, so long. Mm-hmm. And and what people want is changing. I feel like is I it? learned so much, but I have so much to learn still. I'll be <laughs> calling both of you later. <laughs> um, Ash, is it easy to put together a plan that has a lot of options, even for small companies? Because like you said, that with so many different individuals with different needs, you know, speaking for myself, you know, we get like, one or two options that we can give people each year. So is that just because too many companies are stuck in the old model? And, it, and is it easy for even smaller companies to have lots of different options? Yeah, there's some nuance to the size of organizations and the ability to get, I guess, more creative. Under under 50 employees, it's kind of every carrier just has a, a set of plans and you kind of pick your plans. But you can still put some strategy around that. I think too much choice is bad sometimes. Uh, and we've seen that with organizations where they have like 10 plans and there's not a lot of separation between plans. And then what happens, you see the enrollment, you have 10 plans, 100 employees, and 10 people are enrolled in each plan because it's mass confusion. So we want to delineate between plans and help them understand, here's plan A, here's plan B, here's plan C. How does this impact you or your family understand the plan mm-hmm. and make an informed decision that you think is going to fit you or your family's needs. 
So you got to just kind of get a feel for who this workforce is and what are the best limited number of options to benefit the greatest number of people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that you why know, you make a cheesecake factory? Too many options? Yeah. <laughs> same thing. <laughs> totally the same thing. Um, well, I hate to break it to you guys, but we are almost to that time. So we have just a couple of moments left. So I want to give you both the opportunity to give any last you know, insight, any, maybe tell us what the future looks like for Can I make a specific request out of oh. Noah? Oh, can you, um, <laughs> can you help us, you know, give some words specifically about others beginning to serve others to grow their business? That's my spe- specific request on your closing remarks. Oh, you could both do that. Yes. Okay. And then I think we have enough time for two callers. <laughs> <laughs> In order, 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 they're on hold right now. In order, the longest wait. (laughs) Would you like? Would you like for me to hang up and call in? (laughs) Yeah, you know, we can take it. Caller number Um, seven. Yeah. So, without taking up too much more time, one book I'd highly recommend: Never Eat Alone. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's the book that changed my life and taught me how to to be a selfless uh, servant, servant leader. So, my goal when I meet someone, and this is just simple, this is a little tip is what can I do? How can I find multiple ways to serve that person without asking anything in advance? Whether that's figuring out what their favorite baseball team and find them a little pen to shoot them over, or, hey, we're new to town and we were trying to figure out where to go to dinner Friday night and you just spend an hour finding them and making them an amazing email that shoots them and sends them all the cool places where they're located and what your favorite thing is on the menu. Little things like that. A, it's fun. B, you went above and beyond for them to pick out dinner on a Friday night, whatever that looks like. I personally like to have a personal touch with people. So it's not business related. However, we do many things on the, there's so many times I've looked at, actually, I'm not going to go down that path because I want (laughs) to not get in trouble with anyone. But on a service side, it is very, very important to, it's like Christmas, right? We're at an age now where I'm not, I can't wait till what Santa brings me. It's no, you want to see the kids joy when you, they open up their Christmas gifts and all that fun stuff. So to me, if I could make someone, if I could have a lasting impression on, impression on someone, whether it's only one moment we had because I served them in some kind of way, they're going to remember that. And that's the goal is, is how did I, how did I have some kind of personal effect on that? that individual that they'll go that, that Noah person, he didn't have to do that, but he did. And he asked nothing in return. That was pretty cool. So that's where I would start. Yeah. Each time you meet someone, find one way to serve them. Yeah. And, and, I mean, almost identical to us as well is, is we're, to, we're here to see, you know, how we can help if we can help. And if we can't right now, that's cool. And if I can help you in other parts of your business, great. In, in both of our industries, you know, I think Noah, as well as myself, you know, rapport, um, developing relationships is important. But I have always said, don't let a relationship uh, get in the way of business progress. And I think at the end of the day, Noah and myself, we want to see our clients that we represent progress their business. Mm-hmm. And I think that in both of our industries, there are brokers out there where relationships do get in the way. So yeah, very similar to Noah that we're, we're, we're here to help and uh, support their efforts wherever we can. And I do the same thing of trying to you know, connect uh, with people. Funny, he's become a very good friend, but a, a CFO here in town. I, I found out he was from Alaska and grew up in a, not a town, a village. 
And I found someone that I knew in this village and made the connection. And he's like, I got to meet this guy. Like how in the heck? So it's doing little things like Noah said uh, that create a lasting impact. But uh, it's also um, Mm non-threatening. I think that's a really big thing for us and our approach that we're not going to say, we can save you 20% and blah, 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 blah. We all get that stuff every single day from LinkedIn. You know, we kind of make a joke of it, you know, in our industry that in a sea of blue logos, we're pink. And, Mm -hmm. you know, there's so many companies out there founded in 1964 with $10 $10 billion in revenue with 40,000 associates. So you're telling me you were founded in 1962, you're better than them? Like, (laughs) no. So it's just having a different approach. I think Kaiser's done that. It's something we strive to do as well. And at the end of the day, it's it's supporting our, our clients um, and having that servant mentality and trying to help. Yeah, I love that. Well, thank you guys. Before we have Sarah wrap everything up, can you just let everybody know how they can find you and get in touch with either one of you? Hashtag Noah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> my my Instagram is hashtag Noah um, or NoahBarasso.com, but our company's Kaiser.com, K-E-Y-S-E-R.com. I'm nbarasso at kaiser.com. And just a quick note, I want to share, um, you know, the last thing about kind of commercial real estate right now, it's been tough, obviously, for the last year. And I think a lot of people are struggling. There's been a lot of vacancies, a lot of uh, higher rents being paid with no one utilizing those spaces. And it's really hurt people um, on the financial level. I just want to let everyone know there are options. Just because so-and-so doesn't think there is or some other broker told you, there's no better time than now to be a tenant in commercial real estate. Landlords are really starting to get hit hard. There's a lot of negotiation and leverage power you can implement, and there's opportunities to be had. Do not think just because someone told you that, that you don't have options. And trust me, everyone feels the pain. We're all feeling it. It's the one positive that comes out of this this huge pandemic is we're all in this together. Mm-hmm. Um, but just know you do have options and you're not stuck with just, I got to keep paying this thing until we move back into the office. So I just want to leave that on the uh, the real estate side. That was a good one. Thank you. And then Ash, cool. how can they find you? Yeah. So our website is www.benefit, B-E-N-I.F-I-T. So there's no.com, a little bit of a unique uh, domain name. And uh, email is ash at benefit, B-E-N-I.F-I-T. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Well, thank you so much to both of you. It's been another great uh, conversation. Uh, You made my week. Hopefully we got enough, you know, good feeling here to, you know, to last the whole week, probably much uh, longer than that. Uh, On the conscious capitalism side, a couple of things that are coming up. We have uh, another installation in our business activation series this uh, Wednesday at noon. And then the Wednesday after that, uh, we're doing a conscious business learning with Heidi Janinga of WebPT. Always uh, great to hear her story. So go to the ccarizona.org website and and, uh, register from there. And last thing for our, the next time we get together, we want to get uh, more information on the the best in brews. <laughs> I think it was. Yeah, so you don't want to leave that out. And then whatever, you know, what you were about to say that you said, oh, I don't want to go there because I don't want to get in trouble. I want to know what that That's going to be another so podcast. Don't worry. Yeah. Thank you, everybody. Yep. Thank you. Thank Appreciate you. It. 
Thank you for listening to People in Profit, where we showcase the businesses that are elevating humanity through their work, right here in Arizona. Learn more about us at ccarizona.org.